start us uh, in prayer and do a few introductory things. Father, we thank you right now. We give you glory, honor, and praise for this time. We pray that you would bless us as we go forth. We ask and pray that this dialogue and discussion would be helpful and meaningful to the hearers, to the listeners, you know, that their concerns, worries, anxieties would be calmed and soothed, that their questions would be answered. Bless us as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So everyone is everyone is tuning in. Welcome to an integrated approach where once a month we integrate spirituality, mental health around various topics. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Dion Brown, I'm a licensed therapist here uh, in, in the DMV and founder and CEO of uh, DJB Therapeutic Solutions, LLC. Um, I do a lot of work, individuals, uh, groups, couples, families, a lot of integration around spirituality, mental health, um, self-care, and just a lot of work in the, in the community educating people about mental health and wellness, stigma around that. But enough about me. Uh, we, have, we have a dear friend and colleague who joined us tonight, um, and she has so graciously uh, cleared her schedule to be with us on this episode. And I'm gonna just uh, share with you uh, some things about her. This is my first time reading her official bio and I was uh, very impressed, very good bio. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that. And uh, we're gonna have a discussion uh, uh, and talk about anxiety, uh, pandemic anxiety, vaccination anxiety. And, and though, you know, as we're talking and sharing, going over things, you can ask, you can feel free to ask questions as you're joining. So my guest, Candace Davis Hawkins, a practicing, a practicing clinician rather in the state of Maryland since 1994. Her experience is vast to include foster care, school social work, disease management and managed care. She is currently a regional manager for CVS Health where she supervises a team of nurses and social workers who offer case management services to Medicaid recipients in Maryland and Florida. She's also the owner and operator of CDH Connections Incorporated where the basic mission is to assist clients in the development of the necessary skills to navigate the stresses of everyday life through the compassionate development of one's own strengths uh, for healing. Her specialties include children and adults, adolescents, families, couples, counseling, covering issues with anger management, uh, ADHD, developmental disorders, emotional disturbance, learning disabilities, mood disorders, anxiety, depression, family discord, relationship issues, school issues, peer relationships, self-esteem, coping skills development, women issues, adoption and foster care, EAP services, and critical incident stress debriefings. Candace also moonlights in the psychiatry emergency room at Johns Hopkins Bayview Hospital as a psych evaluator two to three times a month as well. Her experience is drawn from a variety of experiences to include but not limited to both medical and behavioral health care settings such as offices, hospitals, schools, local and federal government agencies. In addition to counseling services, she is a certified life coach and also offers corporate trainings on a variety of topics specifically ta tailored to the specific needs of the organization. She holds a BSW from Howard University with a minor in sociology in 1993, MSW from University of Maryland with a concentration in children and family 
1994 and has been an LCSWC for the state of Maryland since 1997. Additional certifications include mental health first aid trainer for children and adults, certified AC master presenter with the Family Tree of Maryland, and a certified trauma trainer through the University of Maryland. We're going to have to talk so I can start investing in some of these trainings that you have and some of these specialty certifications. So this is you really got great. It <laughs> this is really great stuff. I need a, I need a few more. Just need a few more. Thank you. Thank you. So we are we're glad that she's here to join us and we're going to just talk in discussion format. We're going to go over some questions and um, those of you that are, are live, uh, feel free to uh, type in some comments or questions as we go forward. But we're going to be really focusing on you know, the integration, integration as it relates to spirituality, mental health, but focusing more so on anxiety, um, pandemic anxiety, and vaccination anxiety. We know many of you out there and, and people who will see this video later um, will share it. And then people who will go to my podcast, I do have a podcast, the, the Lost and Found podcast. And this, uh, the audio version of this should be on the podcast a week later. It's on Spotify. So I'll, I'll mention that again at the at the end. All right. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to jump right in, uh, talk about some some anxiety here. So let's let's start with this. Let's start in a, in a general sense. Let's talk about let's have a discussion about anxiety in general. You know what what it is, what it what it looks like, how it manifests or shows up and, you know, whether or not it can be a actual medical condition that people can have or not. So what are your thoughts? Oh, ladies first. Um, first of all, um, for the diagnosis of anxiety, you should definitely see a professional. I know oftentimes people say they feel anxious and they self-diagnose and say they have anxiety um, disorder, but you really do need to see someone and let them um, run through some questionnaires with you and then potentially refer you on to a um, nurse practitioner or a psychiatrist or your PCP for further evaluation and medication. Um, you know, people can just have a general feeling of unease, um, inability to do some tasks that they do on a day-to-day -day basis because they feel so, so anxious and unsettled. So um, it's when those things start to interfere with your daily functioning that you should be concerned Absolutely. and potentially seek some help. Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I think, like you said, anxiety has to do with uneasiness, um, a certain level of fear, worry, mm -hmm. you know, nervousness, and those things can begin to manifest in people's bodies as well. Right. They can right. begin to show up because of the strong connection, the, the mind-body dichotomy. Um, those those things can really, you know, start to show up and manifest in people physically. Um, body aches, pains, mm -hmm. feelings like you're, ha like you're having a, a heart attack right. um, can mimic, you know, some, mm -hmm. um, can mimic some physical medical conditions. So, um, and, you know, it's, it's not something that uh, we talk about a lot, of, but a lot of people struggle, struggle and have struggled with various levels of anxiety um, pre-pandemic. So, mm -hmm. and I or mean, different types of anxiety too, like social anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, fear of presenting in groups, all those, those things can happen to people. So, yeah. Absolutely. And concerning, 
the medical condition part that like like you said it's it's best that someone go see a qualified professional mm -hmm. for an official diagnosis but you know generalized anxiety disorder for example has its own set of symptoms and criteria for that so if if a person actually meets the criteria for that then then they would need that would need to get managed through uh, one or two um healthcare professionals right yeah okay. um i i don't know about you but during this pandemic, I've seen such a rise and such a spike in the level of uh, anxiety that people had. Okay. Uh, I know in 2020, um, with everything that was going on, particularly, um, there's been a there's been a rise uh, in anxiety. Um, let's talk about, you know, even if we go back to last year, let's talk about you know, the things that people might have been anxious about, you know, uh, what, what, what have you seen? Um, I'll share some of some of my observations, but what, what have you seen as well, um, last year that that people were, uh, had ever uh, escalated levels of violence? Excuse me, escalated levels of anxiety. Yeah, just simply leaving the house, um, doing things that we do on a day to day basis, going to the grocery store, going to the gym, um, seeing friends. I mean, anything that, that you did that was just normal everyday activity, going to work, driving in your car. I mean, people couldn't do the things that they were doing before. Um, and then they were isolated. Some people living on their own or just isolated with their family. And sometimes you, you, you like your family and sometimes you don't, but you can't get away. So you kind of have to deal with what, what's going on around you. So all kinds of anxiety. I had clients who had graduated per se and were no longer in, in treatment coming back because they were seeking some assistance on on how to manage yeah and one person wrote uh grief and loss mm. um a lot of people it's been a subset of anxiety so yeah. we, we saw a lot of unfortunately we saw a lot of loss loss of life and um people uh fearful and afraid that they were going to lose their lives that they weren't yeah. going to be here that they yeah. weren't going to be around. Right. Um, people were anxious about their financial security. Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to? You know, we saw we saw so many, and unfortunately, in the in the service industry, we saw so many people who lost their jobs. So there was heightened anxiety about money and finances mm -hmm. and how am I going to eat? You right. know, when am I going to work again? Right. Um, so, is it going to be my job next? Is my job going to close? You know, so there was a, a heightened um, anxiety about uh, money. Um, and I know you do some work with, you actually do more work with uh, couples than I do. And since we're talking about anxiety that occurred last year, did you see some, the same dynamics or changing dynamics with, with couples last year uh, with anxiety? It's now that they had to be together so much more. Yeah, so things that weren't a problem before became a problem because it was more noticeable. Um, people seeking assistance because now you really had to dig deeper into your relationship and, and take a look at whether or not it was really what you thought it was because there was no interference, nothing competing, and it was just you and the other person. So yes, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think I saw one report that noted a uh, increase, unfortunately, in domestic violence as well. Mm. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, 
sadly. Uh, someone else, someone else commented just now that food insecurity has been a major issue for for many families. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, how am I going to eat? Um, how am I going to pay for the food? You know, groceries, bills for a lot of people escalated as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, an interesting dynamic is that um, you know anxiety can hit anyone, anybody, any age, any race, religion, socioeconomic status. Um, we're going to primarily tailor this to a Judeo-Christian perspective. Um, but for people who consider themselves spiritual people, let's talk about this aspect. Um, and, and you, like myself, you, you go to church and you're actively mm-hmm. involved in the church. So we see that we, and we do what we do work in the church setting with mental health and wellness. Um, for people who are spiritual, how, let's talk about how we see anxiety being played out. And can faith-filled believers also experience anxiety during a time when the world is in calamity? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I'm fortunate enough to to go to a a church where where mental health is really talked about within within church we have a um, I'm part of a ministry group there called the mental health and, and faith team um, where we provide trainings and education um, and prayer with people as well we um, are being trained to be mental health spiritual coaches um, which is a little bit different so we're going to the word and and um, dealing with the aspects within the church and anxiety um, with people surrounding um, the spiritual connection. But yes, I mean, you, you think about your whole, your body, soul, your mind all interwoven and connected that you can't, um, we're even looking at doing a, um, a conference coming up in the spring, summer, where we're talking about the whole person. Um, we talk about the mental, the spiritual connection and how they all work together because they're not separate, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the, the, yeah, we are we are body, soul, and spirit, and all aspects have to be uh, dealt with. A lot of times in our culture and society, we spend a lot of time on the uh, physical aspect as it pertains to maybe mm-hmm. nutrition, you know, sleep, fitness, exercise, all of that stuff. Um, and you know, our, our spirit man, we we may spend some time in religious or uh, spiritual settings, but we also need to take care of our mental health. You know, our mental, our mental and emotional health there, you know, there actually is no overall health without mental health. So um, in, in church settings, it's getting better in church and other religious settings. You know, there had been um, this thing or this belief that, you know, only if you have enough faith, if you have enough faith, you shouldn't like I should not. You should not have anxiety or be or be fearful or um, be uneasy, um, and and I'm you know I'm starting to see a uh, I have a few church leaders in my in my practice that I see who um, are starting to understand and recognize that they can be affected and impacted by anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you're starting to see a you're starting to see a shift as well, probably in your practice and and in the, your church connections as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always remind people that that um, I'm just the the vessel. I mean, God gave me these gifts to assist and help. So that's what I remind people of when they have questions. 
how do you how, how do you address that when it comes to um and we're gonna uh, we're gonna move into talking about uh, some things related to the vaccination in a little bit but how do you deal with that in dealing with um maybe leadership spiritual people who are in leadership roles or capacities you know Mm-hmm. That could be pastors, preachers, deacons, presidents, or you know, heads of various committees, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the same, or do you do you approach the issue of anxiety with them from a different paradigm? Um, I, I think the perp- I think the goal is to make sure we educate, um, provide people with knowledge. So mm-hmm. that they can they can understand, and then also let them know what we we see. I mean, now with the virtual setting of church, we have so many people commenting and saying things when we're online at church, and you know our our ministry group is right there, you know, giving people the resources when they're when they're looking for help and assistance. Um, we have people ask us for referrals at church, and and church is open to that, and I think that's important when you have that kind of support um, from your from your church. It is it is very important. Um, there's a there's a bishop here in Baltimore. I mentioned his name in another lot before. His name is Bishop uh, C. Guy Robinson, and he wrote a book called and I have the book actually, and it's called A Critical Collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and what he talks about in the book is that there is a need for a critical collaboration between um, credentialed mental health practitioners and pastors and churches to meet, to effectively meet the growing needs and demands of the, uh, the, the community, mm-hmm. the congregation. So um, I think, uh, like yourself, I, I'm grateful to sit under a uh, p- bishop who is, you know, informed <laughs> as it pertains to mental health and wellness. And similar to you, if there are things that he's not sure about or doesn't know about, will contact me or someone else he trusts who's knowledgeable enough to help with those matters. Right. I mean, he listens. So, like, if he says something inappropriate, and you know, some, you know, our, the, our leader will go to him on the side and be like, "Yo, pastor, you can't really say that. <laughs> you gotta say it like this." Um, so it, it's it's definitely definitely. And it's great. It's great to have that that level of relationship and community. So. You know, for months, we've been hearing, well, actually about a year now, we, mm-hmm. you know, we were hearing, uh, we were hearing things like, you know, we're, and we, we still are, and we still should do this. We were hearing things like wear your mask, um, mm-hmm. wash your hands, and be socially distant. Um, I would like to say, and I talked about this a while ago, we probably should have change the word social distance to be physically distant because oh. yeah because we are social beings and social creatures we really weren't designed to function all the time at least even we all want our alone time right right <laughs> my downtime but we we weren't made to function in complete isolation so we need one another we need mm-hmm. community and that's one of the things that this pandemic uh, has hampered. But, you know, wear your mask, social distancing, wash your hands as effective measures for COVID. And now, you know, we have a development of at least two vaccines that are being given to people. Um, About to be three. 
about to be three. About right. to be three. Yeah. Um, I mean, there so are some other ones like in the UK. They're using a different yeah. one, but yeah, about four on the market. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about them a little bit and their uh, their effectiveness. Now, for everyone listening, uh, we're about to dive deep into discussing um, the vaccinations and vac- vaccination anxiety. So feel free to drop a comment or ask a question. Um, I will say this now, as well as repeat uh, periodically, um, you are listening to uh, two healthcare professionals who are both fully vaccinated. We are both fully vaccinated. Oh yes, thank God, right? We are both fully vaccinated and something I didn't think about until today, we're both fully vaccinated with two different vaccines. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't think about that until today. So right. definitely so let's so let's talk about those vaccines and their and their effectiveness. So um we know that there's two uh vaccine vaccines right now, about to be three or or more. Um there's Pfizer and Moderna. I am vaccinated with Pfizer and Candace is vaccinated with Moderna. So let's talk about the vaccines generally. Um, and their effectiveness. So, what are your what are your thoughts so far? I know they're doing a lot of uh, a lot of research and uh, things like that. But what are your thoughts right. about these vaccines, these two, and their effectiveness? What, what right. Do you think? So, let me just start by saying that um, your decision to be vaccinated is a is a very personal one, and I can right. respect that. Um, I made the choice for me and my loved ones, and the work that I do in the community, and just in general, that um, it was the safest and best thing for me to do. Um, and we can talk about some numbers a little bit later, but um, the Moderna vaccine is 94.1% effective against um, the basic regular strains. When it came out, they, the, um, the mutant or the variant strains were not yet um, active, so they weren't tested against that. Um, the effectiveness is slightly lower. Um, I think they say like an 80% range depending on um, which variant of the other strains. And they are working on some um, boosters right now. I mean, Moderna's already sent one of their boosters to um, NIH for um, examination. And then Pfizer is is doing some testing regarding their um, boosters or their effectiveness against the strains. Um, And Pfizer is a little bit higher than Moderna. I think you're at 95% effectiveness against. It sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the first shot, the first injection. So with Pfizer, um, when you get your first injection, um, there's a three week time frame uh, between the first injection and the second one. And I believe with Moderna, there's a month. Yeah, it's four time. weeks. Uh-huh. And yeah, you can go up, you can go over that a little bit. If you like people were worried when the snowstorms came and they were a little bit beyond the days, but you can go like four days up, four days down. Um, yeah, and still be fine. Uh, how did uh, how did you how did you feel how did you feel once you were once you got your first vaccination um and I'll I'll comment first for me on this okay, one go um, ahead. I also made a personal decision for myself and my life uh, to get vaccinated uh, my decision to get vaccinated was not a loose one um, I did talk to my primary care doctor who I've been seeing for about thirteen years so. Those of you that are tuned in, I have recommended to all my patients as well, talk to your primary care doctor, your, your, your concerns, your anxious, 
you're scared, this vaccine, long-term effects, et cetera, et cetera, talk to your doctor first, it's, you know, consult with him or her. If there's a trusting relationship there, consult with him or her. Um, I talk with my primary care doctor. I, you know, my best friend is an MD and I have several other MDs that I know and this is following the, the data and the information. Um, for me, um, and, and I'll go a little personal here, <laughs> my primary care doctor said to me, uh, I made a special virtual visit. He said, oh, you're African-American and you have some weight to lose? He said, get the vaccine as soon as you can. So that, you know, so I, I have a trusting relationship with my primary care doctor. So I, I, I definitely decided to, um, you know, follow his, you know, follow his direction. So I'm glad I did that. Um, I don't know about you, Candice, but after my first injection, you know, I, I kept, and, and I still do, you know, I wear my mask, I, I, I social distance, um, you know, I, I wash my hands. Well, I always, I've always washed my hands. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Um, <laughs> but I started to, and I don't know if this was, this was a placebo effect, but I started to mentally and emotionally, I started to feel safer. Yeah. I was, I was able to, oh yeah, I was able to exhale um, in a different way than I had been for the past year. Um, I, I know I'm not invincible. I still socially distance um, from people. I still wear a mask. I still wash my hands. I mean, I go to the hospital several times a month. So I'm walking into the emergency room where there is COVID on the board as soon as I walk in the door. So, um, and I used to walk into that place with a different feeling than I do now. And we still wear out shields. We have N95s there. I mean, all of that we still do, but um, you can feel it. It's like a different level of, of anxiety in that space now. I mean, we're able to actually do our work and not feel like we're gonna die. Cause that's what it felt like. Um, and I didn't even realize that. Like it changed my whole way I did things. Like we didn't used to wear, you know, I'm a social worker, so we could, I could go to work wearing regular clothes. We started wearing scrubs, you know, I come home and I take my clothes off as soon as I get home and take a shower still. So I haven't changed any of that. I haven't changed any of that. Ooh, yeah. I think I hit a button. Yeah, I definitely, I'm, I'm safer and I feel safer, but I'm not, I'm also not being reckless. Right. Um, because I understand that, uh, you know, I understand that they are still looking at things and doing research. Um, so it, it, it definitely helped me mentally and emotionally to feel safer. Um, you know, one person com just commented they had Moderna vaccine, but they didn't feel, they don't feel safer. So mm. I guess you know, and the psychology of individual differences. So everybody is, everyone is different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, hopefully, hopefully as time goes on, even with the variants, <laughs> people will feel definitely will feel safer and safer. Side effects, did you have any? Not really. Um, the first shot, I had a sore arm, um, a little bit of itchiness around the injection site, um, but that went away. This And in preparation for the second shot, because, you know, I read, I read, I read, um, had talked to a lot of my colleagues who had already gotten the different shots. And so I um, increased my um, vitamins. I was drinking Airborne every day just in preparation because, you know, they tell you not to take medicine prior to so you don't interfere with the effectiveness of the vaccine doing its work. So I didn't take anything. And the second shot, I felt fine. 
Like I didn't, I, soreness in my arm lasted one day and a mild headache that lasted like a day and then that was it and I felt fine. Um, yeah, for myself, I had a lot of my patients ask me um, about my symptoms because I was sharing it with them, mm -hmm. created a few videos and statements on IG um, based upon my decision again to get vaccinated. Um, the first day I was vaccinated at about 5.50 p.m. And after that, I went to the gym in an attempt to work out. And I don't know if it was the vaccine or I was just tired, but um, that workout ended very soon. Oh. Um, and I went home because I was exhausted. And then the next day, um, and then the next day, um, my arm was sore. And then my arm was my arm was sore for the second uh, time after the second shot as well. But that's it. I, I only pretty much had arm soreness. Um, one of the people uh, on yeah, um, and Candice, I guess you can speak more about this. They said, please share more about not taking meds before the vaccine. Right. Um, there's if you, you can look at some things that have been written, but you, you, you want the vaccine to be able to do its work. So. Um, you, you know, you shouldn't be taking Tylenol and Advil or those types of things if you're not beforehand. You can take Tylenol afterwards if you really feel symptoms, but try to avoid taking anything if you can um, so that it can start to do its work. And and you really, I haven't heard anybody, I've heard of people, people say they've been down for like a day after and felt very head chills and body aches. So if you feel that degree of, of something, then you should take something for your comfort, but try to avoid taking something if you can. Okay. We know, you know, we know that there, particularly in the uh, African-American community, there, there exists a lot of fear, a lot of hesitation about vaccination. Um, from working in hospital settings, uh, we both know that, um, and, and just work in the community, we know that Every year, there's a lot of uh, black and brown people who don't take the, uh, the flu vaccination. Right. You know, right. my, my ten year stint at the Johns Hopkins, there was no, there was no option, there was no. No, choice. there wasn't. <laughs> still not. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and I still get the flu vaccine. Um, I've never had it, uh, the flu. Um, I don't know if I've ever had the flu in life. I'll have to ask my mother. I don't get sick a whole lot, thank God. But um, my time of getting the flu vaccine, I didn't. I didn't get the flu. But this is another vaccine, and, and I, you know, people are already eh about vaccines in general. Um, let's talk about the fear and hesitation, and it's particularly in the African American community. You know, is it? You know, is it? Is it understandable? Is it justifiable? What are your thoughts? It's definitely understandable. I mean, we have a long history associated with, with vaccines and testing um, that makes people uncomfortable. I can understand that. And I had a friend of mine say to me the other day that um, they have to remember that we are the vaccinated, we are the generation that got vaccinated. Like, I got all my shots. <laughs> you know, one time, my mother didn't miss that. So, um, you know, I asked people the question, you know, like, why? When people say they don't want to do something, I want to have a, you know, a good conversation based on some facts with you and just really understand why. So that if there's something that I can tell you or answer or point you in a direction so you can get some more information, I just want people to make an informed choice. Um, this disease is, this virus is not discriminating. It is worldwide. 
and life is not going to get back to any sense of normalcy until people do something. And it's a combination of things. It is, you know, socially distanced, um, washing your hands, wearing a mask, vaccinations, natural immunity for people who have been exposed, which we don't know how long that lasts, but it's going to be a combination of all those things that gets mm-hmm. us to herd immunity. And we, we have to get to 80%, um, which we're a long way from before we, we get to that. Yeah. yeah. So, so life yeah. is not going to, life is not going to go back to, to any sense of normalcy. I've had the, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I had the epidemiologist at work. Um, mm-hmm. I love working at CVS. Um, we get information like right out the gate and she comes on every month and she says to us, she's like, I will never get on a plane again and not wear a mask. Not because just because of germs in general, like she's like, I'll never um, do it again. And she's, um, you know, projected that we'll be wearing masks until 2022. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds about right. So, so it, it sounds like there's going to be a um, combination of things that we're going to have to do collectively, you know, together Right. During during this time frame in reference to this pandemic, and to continue doing, um, mm-hmm. and like you said, I, I do understand too the the fear and concern and hesitation in the in the African American community about vaccination, considering our history and trials, experiments, et cetera, like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it is worth um, considering and looking at and talking about. And we, you know, we have to respect we respect people who will make the decision to get vaccinated and people who don't make the decision mm-hmm. to get vaccinated yeah. along those lines i'm gonna i'm gonna skip around a little bit um okay. but along those lines in in our community we already see tremendous uh social economic issues and healthcare disparities and you know comorbidities medical comorbidities for a lot of reasons so mm-hmm. We, we have that going on. We had that going on before COVID, right. right? And now, in addition to that, layered on top of that, we have a number of our people specifically who are like, right. I'm not taking this vaccine. Right. And, and well, we, are, we are at risk. You know, yeah, when, so, when you have the conditions like hypertension and diabetes, um, those things that that people don't want to kind of deal with anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have COVID on top of that, you know, asthma, you know, those things are, COVID will, will kill people, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you add that on to it, then um, it's just, it's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Several of my uh, clients who have, you know, asthma, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, et cetera, some, some are, you know, willing to take the vaccine um, because of those extra issues and others are, you know, for, for various reasons are not. It definitely does put put a lot of uh, black and brown people at a, kind of like a double double risk hazard mm-hmm. um, with the level of medical issues and uh, a good amount not taking the uh, the vaccine. So and then um, there's there's access. I mean, you, you know, you have people who want to get vaccinated and can't get mm. to it ah. you know they can't um computers you know they're not computer literate um they don't have transportation they need assistance i mean you know these these shots are going quick 
um, you know, there's websites, but if you can't navigate the internet and you don't have access, then you can't get to it. So there's groups that are, that are coming up that are going to take it to people in the community, um, going to pick people up um, and take them. I know in the city, they're going to do some, in Baltimore City, they're going to do some mobile units. Um, I know in different um, states throughout um, the United States that, that CVS is actually going to go get people from rural communities and take them into the cities or to CVS locations where there are shots mm -hmm. available. So yeah, access. Yeah, I know. And you know, I know my uh, one of my parents that is scheduled to get the vaccination tomorrow, and um, someone is coming to them. So oh, nice. Absolutely, absolutely. The other parent. I, I didn't want to put anybody out there. I'll just say in case they ever see this video. You know, I, I'm in my 40s, but I don't want to get beaten. So <laughs> um, the other parent, uh, I, I, I talked to them. about this. I was about to go gender specific. I talked to them and um, they originally denied um, getting the vaccine, but the opportunity rolled around again because of who they are and what they do. So I, I strongly... Uh, told them about me and me getting vaccinated and lack of side effects, but encouraged okay. them and sent them some information. So I think they're going to go ahead and okay. move. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, though, I, I see more of the older generation being willing to do it um, and get the shot mm -hmm. than, than young folks. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, we also deal with the psychology of invincibility. There is that. I'm young. Nothing can happen. You know, college, I know college, college age for me, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about my own mortality and not being here and, and all of that stuff. So, you know, that we have the, the psychology of uh, age and youthfulness. Uh, you know, Stupidity. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. But by the grace of God, we're still here. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So. Some information out there, but we also know that there's um, some false information out there floating around about this whole process of vaccination. So let's just run through some some various myths and see what the you know what the facts were. One of the myths is that this uh, vaccine was rushed and is not safe. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, the science related to the development of this vaccine has been under development um, for some time. And some of the things that, that hold up some of these things coming to the market is, is money. Um, red tape and some of those things that was, was pushed through quickly. And, and you have to remember that this was a collective effort, like worldwide, like everybody is working towards the same goal. Like there's no, I mean, it, it's just like, it's like war, you know, but it's, it's, we're all fighting the same fight. So, Absolutely. you know, people coming together. And I'll just add, too, from the data that I looked at, it, it seems that the researchers didn't take any uh, any sh uh, uh, shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And that the, uh, you know, large studies have shown that the, the vaccine overall is safe. We don't, at this point, we don't know, we don't know, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. any potential long-term effects uh, right. of a negative sort. But um, in the in the present and the here and now, um, we we know that there's no uh, no con no safety issues. Another myth is that the vaccine changes your DNA, changes your DNA. You know, I don't know where where that came from, but that's another yeah. myth that's circulating. Yeah, so wow. it's a, it's a <laughs> actually probably impossible 
for the vaccine to change your DNA. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's one of them. It's circulating around. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. This was I don't know if you saw this across your social media uh, networks, but that um, when they inject you, they're, that they're giving you COVID nineteen. Oh, so yeah, no. Um, in fact, I can I can attest to that. Because after I got vaccinated, I actually had to get a COVID test. Yes, you still will have to get COVID tests after you get vaccinated. You still are at risk and can be exposed. Um, I had a very minimal incident of exposure with a repairman coming into my house who later um, was positive. But we were masked up the whole time he was here for three minutes. Um, But I went and got a test maybe a week after I'd been vaccinated and the test was negative. So um, the vaccine did not get me COVID. (laughs) So, Gotcha. And um, I have a question here. Let's oh, yes. See. You will have to get the shot annually um, is what they're saying. Or is that somebody who just said that? But um, yes, we'll have to yeah, get the shot. How often does it have to be readministered? Will I have to get will I have to get a booster at intervals or revaccinated annually like the flu? What have you seen? Um, yes, we. you will have to get boosters or um Yearly, they're saying uh, there's some studies that saying that the the vaccine can last between five months and and 12 months, so that likely it'll be part of the annual cycle for us, like um, flu shots. Yeah, Yeah. and I know that we talked about earlier. They're working on um, boosters for um, at you know at least at least definitely the um, variant out of Africa. I'm not sure South Africa and UK. They're um, yeah. working on boosters for that. Yeah. Other variants, if there's a need yet for a booster, but um, I know I saw information oh. about. Yeah. Yeah, but what they're also saying is that the more people that get vaccinated, the less able those um, variants are to develop. So awesome. what what it's doing is it's looking for a way to get into your body. So mm-hmm. um, if you, if it bumps up against you know one entry and it can't get in it's like okay let me mutate and try and get another way in but the more and more people that are vaccinated it's not going to be able to to replicate like that so that's another reason why we need to um get out there and get vaccinated yeah absolutely and i was i was also under the assumption that you know this is going to be here long term and this is probably you know going to be needed um some sort of vaccination annually at least mm-hmm. yeah yeah um Another myth is that the the vaccines contain um, egg protein. Have you heard about that at all? No, they they do say that people who have um, allergies or severe allergies should definitely consult with your physician before you get the shot to see whether or not it's something that um, they would advise for you. Absolutely. One of of the things was, you know, without us having knowledge of the long-term effects, um, many people, one of the myths that was circulating around is that if you get vaccinated, you're going to have um, severe side effects. Now, that hasn't been my personal experience, and I don't know anybody personally that's had severe side effects, um, but, but some people have had side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about some of the side effects that we've um, heard about or noticed that people do have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have told me that they feel like they've gotten the flu. Um, so they have chills, body aches, um, usually last about a day, severe, like headaches. It's important to hydrate, um, you know, take care of yourself. You know, if you hear people say the healthier you are, 
um, the better off you'll be. But I mean, there really is no rhyme or reason. I, I heard today on the news, because I watch the news all the time, um, that they were saying, is it less effective if you don't have side effects? You know, should you be worried if you don't have side effects? No. You know, I was just one of the lucky ones that didn't really have side effects, but it doesn't change the, the effectiveness of it. Yeah. So don't go looking for something if you don't if you don't need to. True. Um, some of my patients have been vaccinated, and then there are some other people I know have been vaccinated. Um, generally, I've seen for people who did have, you know, the soreness at the injection site is definitely a common one. Mm -hmm. I, I've had in both both senses. Um, the first the first injection, I felt soreness uh, about four hours after the injection, and then the second injection, I felt soreness, arm soreness for about, for about a day. So that's been one common one. Some people have had headaches, nausea, um, exhaustion. Those are some of the, the common ones that I've seen. Yeah, see that on, no, that's not true. Um, if you've already had COVID, you still need to be vaccinated. Um, if you've already had COVID, you can get COVID again. So yeah, no, um, you should definitely still get vaccinated even if you've had COVID. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very, that was a very good question. Um, and, and I think, and I don't know if the information is out about this. Um, I, I do know a um, an MD who had COVID, and he was sharing with me he had to see when he could mm. get the vaccine. So I guess there, there probably is a... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that I have heard. Um, yeah. That I have heard that you need to, to check and make sure it's, you know, been long enough since you've had COVID for you to be vaccinated. Um, I wasn't... I don't know what specifically what the time frame was. Um, I also have heard that that you shouldn't, if you've had COVID, you shouldn't be retested for COVID for 90 days because you could show positive even though you're not contagious anymore. So that's something else I've heard too. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. From the yeah. health department. Yeah. It's amazing that the person can have COVID be, re be recovered from COVID and then get reinfected again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you have some natural, I mean, there is some, again, natural immunity per se, but they don't know how long that lasts. So you, none of it means that you should stop doing what we're doing. Okay. Yep. Unique Design said, this is very informative. I'm good. Good. I'm Thank glad you. it's being helpful and informative. Um, there was something that you said that I wanted to comment on it. I think I might've lost my thought with the, uh, yeah, with the, um, it was right on the right on the tip of my tongue. With the, yeah, absolutely. With with the vaccination, um, and I'm not sure. So, like I said, some people have had mild mild side. Most people who've had side effects have had uh, had mild side effects. There there is a time frame, and I don't know what that is specifically between um, COVID uh, being being reinfected. Um, hmm. You trying to remember what you were gonna say? <laughs> Well, actually, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about it being connected to um, something else. But um, with with a person who is who comes up positive uh, for COVID, we've seen situations where they had to be very careful with people in their own household mm -hmm. um, when they when they came up positive. Um, I had a situation with a couple, and they were already having issues, and because of um, COVID, uh, one person was positive, they lived together, the other person um, became positive, and it caused a 
uh, explosion of anger. Mm. Um, because now it was like, you gave me COVID. Right. Have you ever dealt with any patient issues? Yeah, I mean, I've had people in the same house, um, couples come up, one positive and one not. Um, in fact, I was talking to a client today. Um, but you know what? You don't, you don't know where it came from. You don't know how it got into your house. Um, so that really shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be where we are now and how can we get through this together? Um, yeah. Because you're both at risk. So. Absolutely. No blame. Okay. Okay. Now, now, Kendall, you have another advantage over me. I've never been tested for COVID. Have not had the need to be, yeah, have not had the need to be tested um, for COVID. I did have one situation that caused me light concern, and I reached out to my primary care doctor again, who I've seen for 13 years, and he told he he didn't recommend that uh, that situation that I get tested. And this was around Christmas time because mm-hmm. I had a I had a potential. Um, light exposure to someone okay Ooh, yeah but but um so you've been you've been tested quite a bit a lot so, yeah yeah and and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into so i'm gonna get into some travel stuff in a minute but because okay. issues with travel and covid and the vaccination we'll answer some of you guys questions because mm-hmm. i know we're, we're starting to get into spring people want to move around get outside right the weather's changing summer just in general, how have the COVID tests for you been? Because I know you had quite a few. Oh, yes. So I've done <laughs> self-administered tests. If you go through, the, first of all, let me just start by saying the gold standard test is the PCR. Um, that is the most effective test, um, the best test. That It can be administered several different ways. It can be administered um, where it go, you, you go into your nose about an inch high. Um, which you can do self-administered through the, through the um, drive-through at CVS. I've done that several times. Um, you can go and have somebody else go about an inch up in your nose. Um, then um, when I had to travel, I had to have a very specific one, and I don't know how to pronounce this, but it was the nail, blah, 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 the one that goes all the way up in the brain. So, um, and I'm exaggerating. It didn't go all the way up in the brain, but it was pretty close. So um, that was a little different because it has a very, very thin, um, almost like a pipe cleaner look to, to it so that it can go high up in your, in your nasal passage, whereas the other ones are Q-tips. Um, I've had rapid tests too before. Let me caution you about rapid tests. You know, people sometimes are anxious and want those because they, the results come back quick. You really shouldn't take a rapid test unless you have symptoms because if, um, if you take a rapid test and you don't have symptoms, it's going to come up negative and you might not necessarily be negative. You could be asymptomatic. Um, okay. it's, it, it's best and should only really be used if you have symptoms. Um, so, you know, I kind of caution people about, you know, thinking that they're safe with a rapid test. If they're asymptomatic, it's not going to, it's not going to show up probably most likely. Two questions about that with sure. testing. So uh-huh. Some of the people listening may have been tested, some not. Some people who see this later uh, may have to get tested for various reasons. Um, the first test you mentioned is called the P- PCR. Does that does that? It does, but don't ask me because I can't remember. But it's the type of <laughs> it's the type of test. It's the type of it's, it's the the processing of it. I could look it up. Um, somebody might say it in a conversation chat, but it is. It, yeah. it's the one that's most effective in detection 
Um, there's also one that you can do for it, saliva where they can take a, a throat culture, basically. They can swab the back of your throat, too. Hmm. Mm -hmm. But those aren't, those aren't mm -hmm. easy to find. It's kind of hard to find those different places. Um, the most places that you can, you can self-schedule on the CVS um, portal just on your phone, um, the Minute Clinic, you can, you can go there and you can just answer the questions for the symptoms and then you can schedule a test where you drive through the drive-through. Um, you can go to patient first very easily and, and schedule online. There's a lot of different urgent care centers that offer um, testing. You don't you know, need a prescription. Um, you only need a doctor's order if you're getting an antibody test typically, but, um, and that's to see whether or not you were exposed at some point. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if you would, you know, we talked about the um, healthcare disparities in the African-American community um, with all of the medical illnesses, high blood pressure, diabetes, asthma, mm -hmm. obesity, et cetera, et cetera, that are, you know, predisposed people to a, a negative outcome for COVID um, along with some other uh, medical conditions. And that those things that I just mentioned fit, quite a few people um in our community but then we also have you know we like we said we also have people who are like i'm not i'm not i'm not taking it i don't i don't take vaccines i've had several patients of mine say i don't do vaccines i don't do medicine i don't you know with that we saw recently in the news i don't know if you saw what happened in florida with the governor there and vaccine supply mm -hmm. so um here in here in Maryland, where we live, it, it's it seems like there's a plan and a process to um, distribute the vaccines on a pattern and a schedule in a in a safe, equal way. Okay. It seems that way so far. Um, now, in Florida. <laughs> There was a big issue in the media because the governor there um, purposely directed, and I won't say his name, but the, purposely directed vaccination supplies um, to to a few wealthy zip codes, and it was a there was a big falling out about that. So, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, we're seeing even with the even with the vaccination. Um, distribution, you know, we're seeing black and brown people being negatively affected again with how the vaccination is being distributed. Yeah. No, I think that those, the, the mass site, the mass vaccination sites, like we have at the convention center, at the fairgrounds, like, you know, out in California, they have at the stadiums. Um, you know, that's making it available to people in places that are pretty, you know, accessible for most people. You know, most of those places are on the bus line, on the subway line, because they want people to get to those kind of events. So um, if, if states move towards in that direction, I think we'll have less of that. But it really is about helping, you know, and I, I myself want to volunteer um, with groups to help people who don't have access actually get signed up so that they can get the vaccine. So if some of us can think about doing that, that would be great. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Now, you know what? You just you just gave me um, put some fire, you know, under me for something I need to do something extra. Right. We both have a lot. Let me just clarify that. something extra because we both have a lot going on. Right. Um, 
Yeah, let's but, figure but it I, out though. <laughs> absolutely, but I, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm definitely open to that. I, I you know I want to be a uh, help helpful uh, change agent in in the community um, and and to help and do you know do my part. So I think that's I think that's a great idea. I know here in Maryland we have we have the convention center center and when I when I drive out to um, PG County um, we see the um, What's that amusement park? It's, it's skipping oh, right uh-huh. now. Oh, uh-huh, right. Um, Adventure World, is that what it is? Okay, <laughs> actually, no, it's not, it's not Adventure World. I'm having a brain freeze, too. I can't remember it. It's, you know, maybe somebody listening can... Uh, I know what you mean, though, right. The, uh, the uh, amusement the big, park. The big amusement you. park. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's alluding me. It's right across the way from Evangel uh, Church, um, and I've seen lines. I've been out there recently, and I've seen lines of people Six getting flags. Back Somebody said it. Thank you. Thank you. Because I couldn't. My mind just froze. Mine I couldn't. Yes. <laughs> and I see the okay. church. I know where the church thank is. You. Thank you all for. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Six Flags. Yes, yeah, Six Flags is one of the sites that we have here in Maryland. Um, so that's great. That is good. Um, and some people listening are saying to themselves, who've been vaccinated or are planning to get vaccinated, you know. We touched on this a little bit. So I'm vaccinated now. But why do I have to keep doing this stuff? I, these, I hate these masks. Get on my nerves. I have to keep wearing this mask everywhere. Now that I'm vaccinated, tell me, you know, tell me why, you know, why I have to keep wearing a mask, staying uh, mm. distant, and good, washing my hands. Good question. Um, because we could, there's still some exploration about whether or not we can transmit it to people. Um, because it, it, if it enters in through your nasal cavity, it, it, the virus can live there. It, it won't take life and flight within our body, hopefully, but it could hang out in there um, for a couple of days. And so you, you know, you, you sneeze, you know, you, you blow your nose, anything, you could spread it to somebody else. Um, so it's important for everybody to still wear a mask um, and be socially distant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, as far as places, places that are um, vaccinating people. Uh, looks like Hugh Hayes, that Encore in Las Vegas is, okay. is giving up vaccination there. Oh, question. I love it. Those if a mask, mask is worn properly, okay. um, I would say those, the cloth mask that you, that you think are cute, um, if they don't have filters in them, you know, you think about levels of protection, um, surgical mask and, and um, those type of masks that you wear in the hospital have three layers of protection. So if you're going out and buying masks, you should make sure they have three layers of protection, tight fit. Um, not everybody can have a, a, you know, N95, a legit N95. When I tell people about how those get fitted, you can buy them, but you need to make sure you buy the right size because it should be airtight. Um, when we get fitted for those in the hospital, they make us put on, it looks like a bug um, helmet, like, you know, like a bee catcher helmet, and then they spray saccharin in there to make sure that we can't taste it or smell it to make sure that it's airtight. Um, KN95s are a good tight fit. Um, if you're buying something on the market, if, you know, they're talking about double masking now, you know, anything that makes you feel like you have a tight seal and fit, and I know it's messing up our face, ladies. I'm, I'm having, you know, acne breakouts too, but, you know, just face wash for that. Yeah, that's a that's a tough subject, you know, because um, in the question that you just answered, you know, the person um, 
wrote, does a mask truly protect you from a viral disease? Um, so, you know, it, one, it looks like the more people who, you know, wear masks regularly, it helps everybody generally. Right. Um, the type of mask is such a difficult issue because I, I don't know about you, but I've seen in my travels uh, from here uh, and other places closer to D.C., I've seen all types of masks that people are wearing, especially yeah. in the gyms, in the gyms. And, you know, I have a few memberships, so I've seen a lot of different masks. Oh. I've even seen a lot of people, um, even though there was research saying that don't do it and they're not really effective. I see a tremendous amount of people in the gyms with neck gaiters of all sorts, too. Right. I see a tremendous amount of people working out with neck gaiters. And I'll be honest, um, I think I have a box over around here somewhere of like four or five that I had brought early yeah. in the pandemic. But once I saw that they were like, yeah, no. Right. They say you should double those up if you're going to wear them. You should double them. Bandanas, no, because you know anything can come up underneath it. Um, do the test of blowing out a candle. So if you put on a mask and you try to blow out a candle, see how far away you can stand from it. And if the candle goes out, if you can blow a candle out through your mask, it's probably not the best mask. Yeah. Mm, wow, that's a tough. It's a tough one. I guess a lot of people are going to be really uh, looking at their mask and making considerations and reconsiderations. Um, can we talk about the gym though? <laughs> can we talk about the gym? We talk about the gym all the time. Sure, we can talk about the gym. I'm Wear sure your mask. Yeah, yeah. Some of, some, of, uh, so, some people are back in the gyms like we are, and some people are still pretty anxious about that. Yeah. Um, but yes, wear your mask in the gym. I, even even for myself, you know, and I, Candace knows we talked about this plenty of times. I've seen all sorts of situations. Um, and I developed, for my own safety and protocol, I, I waited a month after the gyms opened, and then I developed um, a protocol, my own safety protocol, that I, when I go in, you know, um, if I'm using the lockers, I'm disinfecting the, uh, the, uh, the, the locker that I use. Um, if I'm doing cardio, I'm away from people. If I'm lifting weights, I have my mask on, and I'm not getting too close to people and, and not lingering. I don't do... We, I, okay, I might know you. I'm going to say hi from across the room. I'm not doing handshakes and hugs like I see plenty of guys at the gym do particularly. You know, I've even seen group group trainings where people are uber close and not wiping down anything after right. each person. So, you know, I'm still seeing a lot of interesting stuff and I just say, oh, you're still over there. You know, so you, you have to do what's, you know, and the, the bigger point of all of this is you have to do what is in your best practice for your own health, what feels safe, what's, what's, what feels safe, um, yeah, what feels safe for you, uh, makes you feel comfortable. And for myself, after I leave the gym, I always, without fail, I disinfect my phone, my keys, um, and when I get in my car, I use my hand sanitizer. Now, some mm -hmm. of you may think that's a bit much, but so far, to my knowledge, I've been COVID-free. Right. Right. I plan to stay COVID-free. So. Right, and we were working out before we got vaccinated. Just to be clear, we had we had gone. I've been back in the gym since the gym pretty much opened back up. But you got to make choices. Like I don't go to my big gym anymore. I go to a very small gym. Um, we have a tight family there, wearing no. masks, wiping down in between things. So yeah, lifetime has got to wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I don't have a 
big gym access because there's Golds, LA Fitness, and Planet Fitness. I'm not balling. I just I just know how to manage <laughs> manage those memberships well, and I have good deals nationwide, so it works right. works for me. But you have to you have to do what's comfortable for you and what feels safe for you. Um, now, um, as 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 time is winding up uh, for us, let's let's talk about travel because you know. Some people are planning to get vaccinated. Some people are not planning to get vaccinated. Um, you were away. I was. You were away, and someone asked a question. Um, oh, yeah, the mask below your nose. Nah, you got to wear the mask over your nose and make sure it's a tight fit. Is that what they're saying? My issue, let me see, before we get to travel. Okay. When the weather is nice, oh, okay, cool. When the weather is nice, I bike outside with the group. I purchased a bike too during um, this pandemic and I rode it a lot when the weather was better. I liked it too. I wear a mask. My issue is I wear glasses and they fog periodically. So I pull the mask below my nose sometimes until it clears suggestions. So I, uh, he said with a group. Okay. What are your thoughts about that, Candace? Outside. With um, group. I mean, I, you know, it really, you got to do what you feel safest doing. I mean, I would stagger. If I was riding with a group, um, if we weren't part of a pod, you know, like they have this new thing with vaccination pods where people are potting up in that way too. Um, just do what, what makes sense. Um, you know, they have, I think some people say that there's a way that you can wear your glasses over your mask so it doesn't fog up as bad. Um, yeah. yeah, but I would not wear it. I mean, I think the best mask that I wear for working out is the Under Armour mask. And we talked about that one. Thank you. Me too. They're a little pricey, but I love it. it. Yeah, I do too. I love, I love it. it. We have it in several colors, but it's right, it's not they're, <laughs> right. They're nice. And and let me add to that, and I'll say even to the to the biker, if it's with a group, when I ride my bike, I'm alone. But um, I I do I keep my mask around my chin though. Uh, it's not covering when I'm riding my bike. It's not outside. I'm gonna be honest. It's not covering my mouth and nose because right. I'm outside. I'm alone, but I keep it around my chin just in case I or someone gets a little too close for comfort for me. Right. At the gym, and I need to breathe sometimes, I will slightly pull my, if I'm lifting, I'm not going to tell you about my cardio regimen because I'm not incriminating myself. But when I'm lifting, I will, uh, if I need to breathe, I'll slightly pull my mask down a little bit to breathe away from people, and then I'll pull it back up. So Right. Yeah, and when I run outside when it's nice, I do the same thing. Like, I'll have it around my neck when I'm by myself. But if I roll up on people, I pull it up. Um, somebody asked a question before we get to travel. It says, what is your opinion on kids returning back to school? Mm -hmm. Ooh, um, <laughs> right. I think the teachers should be vaccinated if that's what they choose to do for their safety. Um, I think, you know, a hybrid approach, you know, spacing the children out. I know some schools... Um, have like even the plastic partitions in between they minimize switching classes so anything that that makes um being back in the school school safe um i think i mean these kids are struggling they're struggling i talk to parents who are struggling with the kids who are struggling at home um and there's not a lot of learning going on in some instances so we got to figure out a way to get them back safely in some kind of way into the schools absolutely yeah. And I have I have educators on all levels from elementary to college. I I um I think for the educators, I, I think they should be able to have the opportunity to be vaccinated before they have to go back in. Um, yeah. So that's I think that's pretty important. 
with that. Um, concerning the question about the uh, Under Armour mess, and another part of the question, um, uh, I think is it. Is, is, where is he? I think somebody said it worked well for them. Does it work well with glasses? I'll try. I, I, I think it will work well with the glasses. Um, if you're ordering an Under Armour mask and you want the, because um, I had to do a little bit trial and error, if you want the snug feel, um, for me, for my facial features, at least, if you want the snug feel, uh, I ordered a, a, a large slash extra large. Initially, I had ordered the uh, extra large one, and it was just too loose for me. So mm -hmm. I, I ordered the large slash extra large as far as the size. And they, they, they definitely, they come in black, red, blue. So Purple, I think, all kinds of colors. Silver, yeah, for, gray. Pink, kind of pinkish, I think, too. Mm -hmm. For, the, for the, the gentleman that rides the bike, yeah, try out an Under Armour mask. I think it may prove to be a lot more helpful for you. And it's layered, right, Candace? It's very and, thick. So that's it's part a, of. Yeah, it's a nice layer. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have nice. a few, but it's on another side of the, the room, so I'm not going to get up and go get it, but it's yeah. uh, it's nice, right? It is nice. All right, now, oh, travel, travel. So, that question. <laughs> yeah. Candace, you've been, um, you were away in the wonderful land of Barbados for a while. Um, I've, only, I've only had a half-day experience in Barbados, and I loved it, and the the, the, the flying fish, which was like a like oh, a mm -hmm. box here, I just absolutely loved yeah. it, and I have to get back to Barbados. Um, Me too. Are there, are there testing requirements presently for anyone that travels outside of the U.S. and what 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 do we have what do we have to do if we travel? Well, we know to get back home if you go someplace internationally now, you will have to test within three days of getting back on the plane to come home. Um, a lot of um, countries and destinations are requiring testing before you get there. It depends on, uh, you You have to check each place that you go. Um, mm. When I went to Barbados, it was very, very strict, which was part of the reason why it was so attractive to me. This was pre-vaccination. Mm. Um, pre so I ended up staying for a month and absolutely, absolutely loved it. So, and I worked, be clear. I worked while I was there <laughs> for a month. It wasn't just vacationing, but um, there's some people who are making decisions to go live other places right now because we're working from home and people who can are picking up their families and, 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 and going other places. And that's one of the places that people were going. So COVID testing in a lot of these places outside the U S and I have a few trips uh, planned uh, myself. I, I wasn't acutely aware of the details and if everything stays the same. Um, despite the fact that I've been vaccinated, I'm going to have a hard time, but um if everything stays the same, um, it looks like in the summer, I'm going to start to have my first <laughs> series of COVID tests. And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that some of those places allow the um, throat saliva thing, because I'm not a fan of anybody. Okay, that's not pleasant to hear. I'm not a fan of, you know, nose and near brain that yeah, we don't have an issue with that. Um, I'm, I, I can't. It lasts for three seconds. Okay. Even, the most intense, even the most intense one yeah okay yeah. so just uncomfortable just uncomfortable no pain no it wasn't pain it was just okay. uncomfortable it was just it was just annoying you know but no 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 pain it doesn't last that long to be painful if i go to barbados it's not on my list as of yet for the summer i ain't gonna tell people actually where i'm going but if i go right. to barbados <laughs> we go to barbados for the summer um I have to be tested before I come back into the U.S. 
Correct. Any place what internationally. Happens? Yeah. yeah. What happens if I come up positive? Um, brother, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they got places for you to stay. I tell people to make sure they get insurance that, you know, health insurance coverage so that if you have to be, um, you know, evacuated back home, you can get home. But with, with COVID, you probably can't come back until you, until you have some proof that um, you have quarantined or that you have a negative test. Yeah, I did see, I did see one place that I was considering that there was co co something called COVID insurance and it was only, it was, it was $30. That, that was mm -hmm. it. That's what so, I paid. Yeah. About thirty dollars. Okay. Yeah. So you paid for this before you went to Barbados? Yes. Okay, got you. So if you would have came, if you if you would have been positive at Bar in Barbados, you would have probably had to stay in a quarantined area, right? For for ten to fourteen days. Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take my laptop with me when I go away, just in right. case. I I, I don't want to be away um and losing money too. Right. But it, it it was fine. I mean, that didn't happen. I mean, there there are cases where that does happen. So, I mean, okay. just because you're someplace else doesn't mean you don't do the same thing that you would do here. You just happen to be someplace where it's 85 degrees and everything's outside and there's the beach and there's water and, you know, just a different yeah. environment. Yeah, we're, we're going to get ready to wrap up in a little bit. And it, those of you that have uh, jumped on or jumped on late, if you have any other questions, um, uh, you can put those in now. And we'll tell you about how, also how to uh, access this entire um, video um, in through video or audio. We'll, we'll tell you about that in a bit. But you know, we've been just talking about pandemic anxiety overall, vaccination anxiety, myths and facts, and and really um, covered a lot. One of the biggest, most important things, you know, myself and Candace have both been uh, fully vaccinated. I've had the Pfizer Pfizer vaccine with a minimum to to no side effects and. She's had the Moderna vaccine with minimal to no side effects, and um, we're doing fine. We're doing great. And um, we understand, however, that there is fear and hesitation and concern, and it is a, a personal decision to um, uh, look at your own health and wellness and, you know, figure out, um, figure out anything for you. Candice, before I wrap up, wrap up, do you have any parting words? Just um, stay safe, you know, be kind to one another, show people, you know, grace, anxiety levels are high, tempers can run short. Um, but, but just remember, we're all in the same place. It, this, this pandemic is not discriminate. It's, it's, it's coming for all of us. So we have to take care of each other. I want to thank Candace again for coming and talking with us and on an integrated approach where once a month we explore various subjects related to mental health and spirituality with a guest and just chop it up and have a good discussion and information uh, sharing. So um, we look forward to you all meeting us every month here uh, on my page, the underscore DMV therapist. Um, thank you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Candace. And you all have a wonderful wonderful weekend take care stay blessed everyone take care bye